when you have enough computers going on, it makes you feel like Ozymandias from Watchmen. I know, exactly. Which is a good feeling. I like that feeling. I know some people might say that's kind of wrong, but how can it feel wrong when it feels so right? <laughs> so but, good. I forgot the lyrics to the song, but it's so good. But, um, no, you know what? You know what was actually really funny? Okay, this kind of like, I thought this would be funny anyways. Right after I saw Fast and the Furious 8, on the way outside the theater, and this is like, once again, in like a small town, sort of-ish, Sonora, it was this weird thing, like, okay, there was this hobo guy came up to me, he's like, hey, man, can you spare a dollar? I didn't need to get something. It's like, oh, whatever. It's like, in Sonora, it's like, whatever, go. Seems like a nice fella. But then all of a sudden, this other guy's like, yo, baby, yo. And I was like, what the fuck is that sound? And there was this, like, guy, definitely younger than me, probably, like, you know, I don't know, early 20s. And he's all, like, just shouting from, I mean, like, way down the parking lot. And there's nobody fucking out there. It's nighttime, you know, it's like, <laughs> probably 11 o'clock or something like that this guy shout like hey yo and it's like oh okay it's just like keep walking let's just keep going and then he's like hey how was that king kong i was like oh well yeah king kong was pretty cool he's like king kong really cool he's like yeah yeah it was pretty cool he's like man i really want to see that king kong i'm like well then you should go see it he's like yeah i think i got to what would you rate it well you know i'd say it's like a nine out of ten it's that fucking good he's like nine out of ten that good yeah yeah that good Oh man, you got a cigarette on you? Uh, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> um, and like, I'm constantly walking, and this guy's like lumbering up towards us. He's go, he's like keeps coming at us, you know, which relatively seems scary, but like it's like that kind of point where, okay, as long as you just keep a friendly attitude with these kind of people, you're totally fine. But it could all turn dark in like a matter of whatever the wrong word you said. Yeah, you don't like want to be like, you don't want to just immediately jump the gun, like, got nothing by, just walk past them, nor do you want to just be like, fuck off, you know, otherwise it just could just, that could lead to like, oh, you're better than me, or whatever the fuck. Yeah, exactly. Or you might not want to say, yeah, King Kong fucking sucks. King Kong fucking sucks. King Kong doesn't fucking suck. My dad was King Kong. You're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like, and, you know, you got to be careful of your words when you're at these points. But at the same time, I feel like if I have any good talent, it might be the deal of crazy people. Because somehow, some way, I'm able to, like, sort of ease my way out of it. Sometimes I get stuck in conversation, you know, limbo. But other than that, Possibly but he keeps going negotiator. on. Yeah, exactly. He keeps going on and keep walking down the way. And then, like, and then he gets to the point where he starts repeating himself. Like, so... How was that King Kong? I was like, oh, yeah, the King Kong was really good. You know what I mean? Like, what would you rate it? 9 out of 10. Oh, man, I got to see that King Kong. And it kept going. And then finally getting close to the car. He's all, you like 10 second day from, he's like 10 second day from like 50 for 50 first dates. Yeah, probably. And then he's all like, you want to smoke a bowl? It's like, no, man, we're good. Okay, brother, take care. And then he like walks off. And as I said, it was like, it was like some probably like a 22 year old guy had a ball cap on probably just like did a thing of meth you never know <laughs> well it's that same thing if you keep on talking that's the very thing that got you on to a date with a gay guy without you realizing it exactly so you know like what i've learned in life is though one of my few talents is talking it's also the same thing that's got me into places that probably you don't need to be or like where you just get like people's life stories like i could go into like an fye and then all of a sudden i got um a guy come up to me, tell me his life story. Um, I remember this guy. He was like, "Who's the first off? We should probably yeah. first off we should probably get like our uh, do the intro real quick. Just get this out of the way." Oh yeah. Hello, welcome to the Old Man Orange Podcast, the show where we talk about talking to other people. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan, and today we have a special guest. And I'm Marley Silverbrand. <laughs> oh, we got Mar dude. It seems like Marley always comes 
whenever there's a Fast and the Furious. It's like a guarantee. Yeah. Like, he's got to be it's here. It's Fate the of the Furious. Furious, Spencer. So it's Fate while he's here. It's Fate while yeah, he's here. the series is Fast and the Furious. Yeah, but but it's about family and fate because Charlie Theron is on a computer and not in a car for some reason. <laughs> no, no, that's not family. It's family. Yeah. It's always family. But yeah. FYE, you learn in people's life stories. Yeah, who was that guy? Okay, who's the quarterback for um, Kaepernick? Yeah. It was like, there was a guy who's like, yeah, man, I went to school, played football with him, and like Mantico or Merced or wherever the fuck that was that they were at. It was one of those M1s in the Valley. And it's just like to the point where it's like, this guy talked to me for like a half an hour. I mean, all I was doing is in the browsing fucking FYE for like a movie or something. I wasn't even looking for a movie. It was just that thing like, hey, there's an FYE. Let's go take a look. How'd that even happen? Were you just like, oh, look, a football movie. Like, oh, dude, I used to play football. No, no, that came like probably 15 minutes into the conversation. Like at first he just started talking and I, I don't even know how it got to it, but. There's just something that happens. That's why I'm always afraid to be sort of left alone with people because I don't know what it is. They like will come up to me like I'm some kind of mysterious prophet. It's probably like maybe the look of Jesus that maybe like lowers them in. I don't know. <laughs> well, my thing is like you kind of have that Jesus look a little bit. <laughs> take away the glasses. I mean, you know, the God of Sun would not need glasses. Yeah. The Son of God, God of Sun. You never know that Fye God of Sun. My coffee isn't kicked. You, in. you never know that Fye light just become might be beaming in at the right angle, and they just look up and be like, "Oh my God!" <laughs> like then all he is risen. Happy I remember there was everyone. a long time ago we were at Dunnigan's place, The Rock, and there was some random guy. I, like Dunnigan's like, "Oh, I gotta go inside. Oh, I'll wait outside for you." Worst idea. <laughs> Should have just went inside with Ryan. And I remember this guy just started talking to me, telling me his life story. And it's just like, it's not that they're like, you know, bad people or anything, but it's just like, you still you know give I mean? a like, shit. You don't, you know. Yeah, I'm not a psychiatrist. <laughs> I don't need to know this. I don't even remember this. I don't even remember this. It was a long time ago. It must have been like high school, late 2000s. Okay. Yeah, I don't even remember this. Um, no, but there, I, you're inside. I was inside. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this seems like something would have got passed on to me right here, but you like, I walked there, or maybe I walked in at the very tail end and be like, oh, gotta go see you. Bye. You know? <laughs> Yeah, well, that's probably what it was. Like, hey, you ready to go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. Well, there's that one. Get the fucking car. Get the car. Get the car. I remember there's that time we went to Steve's place and there's a Giants game on. And um, Steve's oh, place God. is a bar, folks. And uh, this total redneck bar. We talked about this one time on the show years back. I don't think it was that. I don't think. It, I think it was years, years back. Like first couple. Within the first, within the hundreds. Anyway. The first, yeah, first hundred or so. Um, episode two. <laughs> something like that. But we, there is like. Episode two. <laughs> episode two was the shortest episode of like 22 minutes. Suicide Squad, the new 52. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, well, I read the book and it was fun. I like this part, I like that part. That's the show. Bye. <laughs> Sound like a Justin Roiland skit. Voice is cracking. It's like, oh. <laughs> That's the microphone scary. If you listen to the earlier episodes, it does sound kind of like, oh, this is Old Man Always Podcast. Uh. So it really did. I, I, it's, I don't know about Spencer. I know I sound like Morty at the beginning of the show. Just like, I don't want to get bullied. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I sure hope this podcast picks up. We'll be fine. Anyway, um, no. So what ends up happening is we uh, there's a Giants game on. And if you know, if you listen to the show enough, you know, Spencer and I don't care about the sports as so much. Marley here does. But we were there with. Um, Cisco, we were watching a Giants game, and at some point, like, this crazy, creepy old lady just starts talking to us, and just, like, I mean, like, 
she's in her fucking 80s. She's talking about, like, you know, back in the day, we used to just ride our horses over here, and all you'd have to do is somebody's get so fucking pissed drunk, you'd just flap your belly on top of the horse, ride the horse sideways, it would take you right home. And it would be... And she had, like, a fucking cowboy hat on, and she, I mean, she had the whole Western look going, like she was almost like a woman out of time. Yeah, like, almost like a DeLorean dropped her off. And there's a part, <laughs> at one point... I said like a part because it's playing out like in a movie in my head. But um, because it's like, is this really fucking happening? At some part, at some point, she's all talking about like some road, and then she's all like, I don't know, where starts breaking out in song. When I say go this down road, I'm running. She starts clapping her hands like out of nowhere, and this guy next to her, like this guy looks like fresh out of De- Dynasty, pulls out a fucking harmonica. It's like, like he's jamming along. Like what the fuck? You gotta go. Well, this lady, like in in conversation, I learned she was like an expert banjo player. And that's why she had on her right hand, all her fingernails long things. I didn't ever want to know, but I know she was like, I believe she could rock that banjo being that old. She has to be good at something. Um, no, she had like a bunch of the fucking Freddy Krueger hands. Just, yeah. Yeah. Literally. I kid you not. I was just like, she didn't want to buy a pick. She was going to create one out of her own body. That or like lady death stride out of X-Men too. So, you know, yeah, Exactly, but and I remember that lady talked to me for like ever, and it was like I need. It's like that point where you're like you're almost like cornered, like a timid animal, and you're like you really need somebody to come by and fucking save you. Well, I remember because what happened there was because like it was the two of us, and then and then like Cisco or Wes called me over to go play pool. Like oh, okay, guys, my turn. <laughs> I got my you. way out. And then I and then I look over. I like I just look over to like Cisco, and I look over to you, and you're kind of looking us in the corner of your eye, just like. Help me. And Cisco's like, he's dead to us. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, I'm already sitting down. I'm not leaving the game. <laughs> I was trapped. And then the commercial break came on. That's when Cisco's like, okay, I'll go get him now. I was like, I'm yeah, not going exactly. back. I'm not, I'm like, I'm like some guy, like, I'm not going back to Nam, man. I'm not going back in. <laughs> I remember it scared me, like, a, you know, a handful of weeks later, I went to Live Oak Music. And that lady was there. But good thing she didn't remember me because she probably got so hammered and got on her horse it took her home. She's like sniffs the air like, I smell familiar. <laughs> yeah. Starts tapping her nails on the thing like, what do I smell that I remember? <laughs> she doesn't have the best eyesight, so she's almost using like echo vision. This ching, ching. She's like, I need a banjo to think. She just like reaches over without looking, grabs a banjo and pulls it on in. And then starts <laughs> she's, just... she's playing, she's getting closer, looking around. She could like hear the almost like the tones bouncing off the walls and the objects in the store to like detect where she needs to go. Dun 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 dun. But yeah, that's always something that I don't know what it is. It's like I told you this story. I don't even know if it was on the podcast, but it was like a handful of months ago or so. I was at the movie theater once again, and there was this like old security guard guy. Did we talk about this on the podcast? We just I don't talked know if about we this like, on the podcast. The punk rocker guy. I mean, maybe we did. Yeah, and it was just she's oh, just this like, dude. Was, I used to talk yeah, to this dude hello when I used to work at the movie theater, like in Sonora. Yeah, it's like that guy. Like, I remember all of a sudden he just he looked at a shirt I had. I don't. I think I had a real big fish shirt on, and he was like, "Oh my god, that reminds me of an old punk album." And he just started singing, and he just looks like the most happiest, friendliest old man. Like punk rocker does not cross your mind. None of this stuff does. But then he keeps going on. He's like, talk to me forever. He's like, oh man. He's like, you know, back in the day, I used to be in L.A. And everything like that. And I would go to like the Runaways concerts, like before the band was even known. He's like, You saw the movie? I'm like, Yeah. He's like, You know the party where the cops come? I was there. <laughs> and he's going on like this whole time. 
And he's all like, I was so fucking pissed, we had to pay $2 to get into that concert. All the rest of them were a dollar. He's like, I fucking hate the LAPD. Fucking cops. And it's like this guy's got a badge on him and everything like that, which just seems kind of ironic. I mean, well, he's like, a security like, guard. We all know that security guards are like, he's just jealous. Pool. He's jealous he's not a cop. Still, okay, even if he's a security guard, I feel like he's still in the same block category. You know what I mean? Like, he became the thing he hated. Yeah, realistically, it sounds like that. And then I remember like the story of Darth a- Vader here. <laughs> There was like another concert he was at. He's like, oh man, we were at this concert, you know, and we had to get, we had to pay like $3 to get in. It was fucking bullshit. Let me tell you that. It was this big backyard. I was like, well, who the fuck's playing here? And somebody is like, oh, you know, it's just these kids named Van Halen. Like, who the fuck's this Van Halen? Who they think they're super fucking special? He's like, and then I saw David Lee Roth up on stage. I was like, yeah, well, fuck this guy. So I got some firecrackers. I just started launching them at his head. <laughs> I just like the, it, I just like the idea just, of this guy just like, like I couldn't pay three bucks to get in, so I trade him for a pipe bomb. Yeah, just like, well, it's just this guy's like rebel rouser guy, but it just he looks like the most friendliest old guy. Like if you would have saw this guy, you'd be like, oh man, that must be the nicest guy ever. He probably plays Santa at Christmas. You know what I mean? He's <laughs> this guy. Don't be wrong, he's a total nice guy. I'm not saying he's not nice, but it just sound like he's just pissed off old man. He starts going, and then this is the weird part too. Okay. Very punk rocker, all this stuff like this. And then all of a sudden he's like, well, you know who I fucking hate is Jerry Brown. He's fucking ruining California. Fucking goddamn liberals. That's like, God, I'm so confused. Well, I feel like it's one of those things, like, I, I honestly, um, like, Iggy Pop is one of my favorite musicians of all time. But I don't feel like I really fully understand punk rock mentality because it almost seems like it's so sporadic shifting back and forth like what's more punk to be total anti-establishment or to 360 back around and like you know (laughs) republicans ironically i don't really know what what it is i mean i think that last one less so i think it's more of just kind of like i mean frank miller was very leftist and like well i don't know the thing is frank miller was so right wing when he was doing dark knight returns he even fucking hated, like, fucking Reagan wasn't right enough for him. You know what I mean? He fucking hated Reagan. He fucking hated liberals. I think punk rockers, they just, they're kind of like that. They just hate everything, you know? I think so. Uh, uh, you know what I mean? But maybe he's, like, in the Johnny Ramone style. Because that's, like, that's always, like, the weirdest thing, too. It's, like, Johnny Ramone's, like, fucking, I'm hardcore Republican fucking liberals. Like, it's, like, yeah, but you're in the Ramones, you know? It's, like, yeah, well, I'm just put up with this shit to get paid. I got to <laughs> I got a feeling, I, mean, I never, I don't know much about Johnny Ramone, but every single time, like, there's, like, a movie based on a true story and he pops in for a second, or there's an interview with someone interacting with Johnny Ramone, he seems like such a bitch. Maybe he was, like, maybe he was, like, a rock and roll icon, but, like, Anthony Kiedis's book, Scar Tissue, says, you guys pissed me off when you ran across the stage naked at our show. That's it, not fucking cool. And, like, one of the other Ramones brothers, like, I thought it was cool. and then like like, there's one time i was watching i don't remember it was like some vh1 thing somebody was all talking like who's in the band was just like hey johnny man how you doing he was like the new guy he's just like why don't you shut the fuck up and just play the bass just like i was almost in tears that day it was in my second day in this band (laughs) it was just like god what the fuck is this guy's problem i don't know but you know 
Yo, it's just like you just think if you're in punk rock, it's like, would you? Why do? How would you become like such a bitter old like Republican guy? He's like the, those kind of guys. Probably gets a large pizza and goes hide and watches like the Republican National Convention by himself. Yeah. Watches C-SPAN. CP. Well, <laughs> even like CBGBs, like they didn't they didn't like portray the Ramones that well in the well, not well, I, I mean they didn't portray them favorably in the movie. Like, oh my god, they're rock and roll geniuses, but they don't really portray him as like, let's get a beer with that guy, you know. You know, they're like, I'll listen to their music, but I don't know, that Johnny Ramone guy, he just gets all threatening and then starts putting out his right-wing agendas. Well, whenever I see anything, it's not even the fact that he's right-wing. Whenever I see anything on him, he always just seems, like, so fucking angry and so sh- so bitter about everything. I've never, I don't know. But, like, you hear something like Ski Bop, you know? Well, so bitter for a guy who's in a very, like, fun band, let alone probably, like, almost like the, one of the top three punk bands of all time it just seems so weird to be such a bitter person to be that you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah definitely you know what i mean if, if you were one of those punk bands it's like nobody really remembers then yeah maybe i could see being kind of bitter but like to be in like one of those ones where it's like dude everybody knows the like the re- don't even like the remaining members of like dead boys or something like that yeah yeah exactly or like that original tom morello band that like who knows what the hell happened to lock the up? other guys that were yeah lock up that one like Maybe those guys went on to other things, but I have no idea. But if let's just say if that was the only thing they were, it's like, yeah, we had Tom Morello, and then he left for rage. Imagine how much it must suck being, I mean, I don't think he's going to hear this, but imagine how much it must suck being Jack Sherman of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh, yeah, that poor bastard. Not only, like, did you get kind of kicked in my band, but you were just made fun of, like, the entire way. Well, it's like one of those things, because, like, the, the guy, the other guy, uh, the other, I don't remember the, the first drummer. He left because Hillel died, and he's like, "Oh man, I'm sorry, guys. I don't care about the fame. My best friend died. I can't do this no more." And they're just like, "Fuck Jack Sherman. Just get rid of him. I don't give a shit. Fuck him. Yeah, we got Hillel back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fuck that guy. Does like easy grease or whatever." <laughs> Remember, he had, like, that easy rub. I remember when Anthony Kiedis just had this, cha- not chapter, but, like, a paragraph. He's like, fucking that easy stuff. Put on his guitar every single fucking time. Just pissed us off. <laughs> and it's funny, because like, whenever I see a guitar player put that stuff on, I just bust, I just laugh, because I just that's all I think of. It's just Anthony Kiedis just getting so pissy about somebody putting an easy slide on their guitar. Somebody just, he just hears, he just a close-up of, like, someone peeling back a can open. And just, like, his eyes widen. He, like, turns around, just... <laughs> oh god that book's so good i, I, I kind of look at that book every once in a while on my shelf i'm like man i should read that again there's so much good stuff in there i gotta reread it it's been so long uh i i don't even remember most of it i just remember i was on drugs i was off drugs i was off drugs i was on drugs i jumped off a pool <laughs> yeah i crashed a motorcycle broke my hand they needed to give me more drugs <laughs> i'm sorry this got very much like what books have we been reading lately marley how are you doing uh i'm, I'm good <laughs> That's all you got? Nothing. I yeah, spiked you I the ball! <laughs> but how about that Fast and the Furious movie, Spencer? <laughs> oh, dude, it was, it was just as good as always. It's like one of those ones, like, those movies just don't let you down. They always are there just to please you. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are kind of like, it doesn't have Paul Walker, so, you know, it's not real. It's like, they shouldn't be doing this. And it's kind of like, at the end of the day, you're like, you do know that this is what makes Universal their money. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, at the end I, of the day, they're they not going to stop something. It's like, it's almost like if they stop, someone's like, they should stop making Batman movies after Heath Ledger died. It's like, well, they're not going to do that. 
I, I mean, like, now Paul Walker's a bigger, like, Universal still has minions. I don't know anybody that was, I mean, people, I know people are sad when Paul Walker died. That That's for, uh, for sure. I don't know anybody, though, that was just like, if Paul Walker's not in it, I'm not fucking seeing it. Everyone seemed to want Vin Diesel. I offended a girl that said, like, when I said that, uh, oh, Paul Walker isn't really that big in the, in the Fast and Furious franchise. And she was like, are you, did you really say that? And she, like, cried. And I was like, I'm sorry. I didn't think anyone cared about Paul Walker that much. No, he's a he's, I'm really, really I like Paul Walker a lot, but <laughs> he was. He, I seen him in some movies. He did a good job in. On he's not a bad. He wasn't a bad actor. He just I didn't never thought he was the selling point. Like he was a major character. He seemed kind of like well, he's for the he was for the white people. Yeah, he's, yeah, the, he's, he's, the, he's the gateway character for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing is, it seemed like he almost kind of had like you almost had like two for this one just, this sound kind of racist for a second you had two flagship white people for this one kurt yeah, russell yeah and... kurt russell and then charlie's Theron, and then you're like we're getting some lineage hey, white eastwood. dude we're, no no i'm gonna say we got lineage we got scott eastwood he should be the next big deal but it's like but it was just like hey you're a fucking bitch in this movie and i'm like well my dad won't give a shit you're not your fucking dad you're gonna get slammed against the wall because you're not fucking your dad <laughs> Dude, did you listen to Scott Eastwood on Joe Rogan? I listened to the first 10 minutes. I liked what I've heard of it. Dude, it's like, after that, like, I, I already like Scott Eastwood a lot. I want him to be in more things. But when you hear him in that podcast, you're like, dude, Scott Eastwood is literally the best celebrity child I have ever seen. Or heard, I guess. Because it's like, dude, he was like such a grounded person. And I think it's due to Clint Eastwood. See, this is how amazing Clint Eastwood is. Not only is Clint Eastwood just the most amazing actor of all time, he's also apparently the most amazing father. It's like, it's like not only am I the best killer of all time, most of the world's best dad. <laughs> because it's like Scott Eastwood's just Go like... Bill some hay, son. You know, because you look at like most people's like kids. Like I was like, I'll, I'll use this as a, for example. You look at like Hulk, Hold Hulk Hogan's children. Fucking horrible looking kids, you know what I mean? <laughs> they just seem like just dastardly. And then you're like, Scott Eastwood's like, dude, this guy's ground. It's like, he's like, yeah, my dad didn't give me any fucking like shots into any movies or anything like that. I was never just put in a movie. I had to work my way up. He's like, I fucking worked at bartending. I did park cars. I did all kinds of extra jobs in my early days of acting. It's like almost like Clint Eastwood wasn't like, well, here you go. Here's a million bucks. Go, go figure it out, kid. <laughs> it's like, no, it's almost like, no. You get out there on the street, you do it the way that I did it. That's how that's that's good to know that he did that. I I, list, I liked what I've heard of him in the first ten minutes. It was him and like one other guy, a guy he had on the show before. But um that right there, I'm like, he seems like a pretty cool guy. So that when I saw his name in the opening titles, it's like, oh cool. But then you saw he's playing like the Well, you listen here, guys. I'm uh you do what I say. I hope they kill him off in the next one just because I didn't really? like his character at all. What? I, I still like him a lot in the movie. I mean I like know. He was supposed to be there to kind of like pretty much to like poke the black character <laughs> the other day. That's like what it was like. It was like Roman was the guy like they kind of they put it like them together. Like that's who they're going to feud. You know, Jason Statham and The Rock are going to feud. Well, Roman needs somebody to feud with. So let's put a real white guy in there to poke him. Yeah. How long before they just start kind of spinning these off and just doing kind of like, well, you know what? We're going to take a chance here. We're going to do like uh, here's one where. Fucking Romans. Roman, fucking Rome, like Roman's own movie, or Roman and Scott Eastwood on on a road trip together. You know, I would so see that if the Fast and the Furious when they're on a road trip, it's just those two characters Odd stuck couple. together. I mean, essentially, guys. it's at the end of the day, what that is is essentially it's some. It doesn't Hollywood never gets tired of it. It's like it's a white guy and a black guy. What's gonna happen? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's all it is. Now, if when you really break it down, but still. 
Or it's technically Fast and the Furious 2. Too Fast, Too Furious, because that's what that one is. It's Paul Walker and Roman out there fucking on, on the road trade. That's going the from one L.A. to Miami. That's the one I never saw. I've seen every other Really? One. i never seen number... You should, you should still see that it's one. It's pretty good. Okay. It, it is. It's one of those ones. It's probably got the most amount of car scenes. Well, other than maybe... Tokyo Drift. Tokyo Drift probably has the most, but it's got like a lot of car stuff in that one. Here's me being brutally honest about Fast and the Furious. Um, I like them. I like these movies, but it's kind of like I had like I saw Fast and Furious one when I was like in middle school. So that's like kind of like, you know, kind of like a movie I grew up on, sort of. I never saw two because two was one of those ones where like, well, Vin Diesel's not in it, so I don't care, you know. And then like, which that wouldn't stop me now, but when you're a kid, you know. And then, um, the third one, it was just seems like, all right, now they're just doing weird spin-off things. And the third one was, was all right. You Later, you show me that one. That one was all right. I, it didn't blow me away, but I thought it was, you know. Tokyo Drift actually has a weird story to it because it actually, it, it, was, and... it was so close to not even getting a theatrical release. It almost got a straight to DVD. Straight to DVD. It kind of feels sort of like, like it. Because it had too many Asian people in it. But yeah, <laughs> they're like, this could be a hard to sell the mom and pop in Oklahoma. Yeah. <laughs> well, I feel like it's one of those things, it, it feels kind of like, we're running out of shit to do. Like that was probably like surprise. That was surprisingly better than I thought it was going to be. Cause you look at that, it has nobody from it in the, except Clint, except Vin Diesel at the very the end. end. And then like, Oh, okay. And then the fourth one, that's the one where it kind of brought me back. In all honesty, I've only seen the other ones. Like I've seen the first one a bunch, every other one I've seen like once or twice, but I still remember them fairly. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, I remember the main concept of each one, not maybe like every little detail of what Chase was where and all that, but I remember the main concepts of each one. The, the third one is when it really starts getting good because that's when, like, when they lo- when they lost like all these characters. That that's when they had the time to cast new people and create mm-hmm. new characters, and then that turned it into like stopping about racing, start going into like these guys are like these guys are like cops then it turned into like oh yeah they're international terrorists so well, they kind of uh, progressed it started off being like okay it started off being like it's literally point break we yeah, still no, dvd players well it's like car it's like car chase movies with like cop stuff going on yeah. then it kind of slides into okay it's a heist series and then it slides into we're fucking gi joe we're it's, yeah yeah <laughs> Just real life anime. That's basically what it is. Especially the seventh one. The oh, even Goku. Basically... Even Goku would be like, <laughs> "That's unrealistic." <laughs> but that's the thing. That's what I like about them is because Fast and the Furious. To me, what they play off of is they're like almost like the '80s action movies, but of nowadays. Yeah, like, that's, that's what they've kind of become. And I know, like, the only slight complaint I've always said to some of like the newer ones is they kind of lost almost like the vehicle touch you know what i mean like the days of just having all these like souped up cars and all like the like ins and outs of everything you know it kind of went away for a while which i will say in this number eight i like how the the movie starts off with a really sweet race scene where vin diesel literally takes like this old 50s beat up plymouth or whatever and fucking like tears off all the metal on it and starts like souping it up with like just like you know ghetto parts and everything like that i'm like that's cool more of that because that's kind of like fast and the furious right there coca-cola so saves the day technically that was kind of huh? like coca-cola technically saves the day yeah with like the, the top tab was holding yeah. on to the, the hose that that was kind of like that i really like that scene because it's kind of like a throwback for like the people that watched like grew up watching like the first the first and second one and they keep coming to these movies like oh i want i want to see more racing well when, each... it, when they basically just turned into like Ocean's Eleven and like a Marvel movie because I 
no, no matter what people say, I think they really like the Fast and the Furious like franchises pretty much has like their own cinematic universe, which like these these characters are like kind of like if they wanted to, they could spin them off and I would go see. Uh, exactly they're legendary enough that like you'd be like oh yeah you want to spin this thing out. like in a sense if you did like the kurt russell's character like his like whole division and be like i'd fucking see that mm-hmm. they were talking about doing a movie about the rock just his character and his team they were talking about in the past who knows if they'll still do it because now he's like he seems like an indefinite part of the team before it's just like i'm the bad guy oh no i'm not a bad guy i'm just uh, you know i'm just kind of a, a frenemy and then they, then they come in the aspect now he's literally a member of their team now. Which, so. speaking of being a member of the team, Spencer, yeah, did, let's you talk have about a, this shit. did you have a problem with Jason Statham at the end of the movie just saying, like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm part of the family now, even though I killed fucking Han? That's the, that, that thing right there, that little bit, that didn't bother me because I know the movie's already... I'm not saying this to be an asshole. The movie, These movies are fucking ridiculous, but the movies are aware of it and the action's good. So it's like, yeah, you, you, you expect it. You forgive it for that. That though, that whole bit, it didn't bother me, but it, I mean, it, it stood out. It was like, like I understand. It was just cipher. like, oh no, they all just killed the whole fucking hospital filled with people, and I know I killed your best friend, and a couple <laughs> other people, but you know what? I want to have hot dogs with you and save <laughs> your boy. Like that flipped <laughs> so fucking quickly. Like I understand, well, like he hates Cipher as much as as much as they do, but it's like Cipher didn't make him kill. He didn't make him kill a hospital full of people, and didn't make him like but, kill Han. But she killed his brother supposedly because she was all surprised when they were both back. Whatever. <laughs> Um, See, and that doesn't really bother me because, you know, technically that's been in there since the very first Fast and the Furious of, like, you're a bad guy, now we're friends. But that's a, that's a flip. That's a flip. Remember, remember yeah. what happens in, like, the very first one where it's just, like, their friend who's, like, their, their, their white friend who was trying to be, like, he was, like, the kid of the group. Like, hey, gee, golly, guys, with, like, a shirt three times too big, sideways hat. He gets shot by the Korean guy after leaving him. And they, they track yeah. down the Korean guy, like, that motherfucker's gonna pay! And then it's just, like... Oh, well, it's, uh, by this point, it just seems kind of like, oh, we've been through this before. We don't care. Come on in. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what's kind of like game do. It's like, to me, it makes kind of sense. It's like, I'll say this, though, story-wise, yeah, okay, his actions still seem kind of weird that they're friends, but whatever. I think movie-wise, like, make it Jason Statham part of the team? Fuck it. We're not really getting Expendables movies. This is where he belongs then. Well, part of the team, I get it. It's one of those things where it's like, I kind of get it if he's just like... Thanks for saving my kid. Like, yeah, hopefully we don't bump into each other again. And just kind of like a stern nod, maybe a handshake. Like, I don't, like, I'm not your friend, but goddamn it, I respect you. Some bullshit like that. And they just yeah. go their own ways. Sitting down at the dinner table with him after he spent, after the last movie, he tried to fucking kill him. Killed Han. And once again, I'm not going to, like, a hospital filled with people. <laughs> that's, that's one of those things where it's just kind of like, it seems like a stretch it's not going to stop me from seeing the movie, though, because I kind of come to... I was expecting it, but I guess it's not out of the realm of possibility for these things, just because it's already just so ridiculous as is, you know? So How about that hard-boiled scene, though? The reference to hard-boiled. Oh, with the kid? That was yeah, cool. That, that was, was cool. probably my favorite scene in the entire movie. Yeah, that was a badass scene, yeah. <laughs> too. The only thing that's kind of weird is, like, I mean, I, I know I can kind of see what they're doing, but it was kind of weird that, like, okay, he, he goes through this... Jason Statham's in this plane. He's battling all his way to get to Charlize Theron, who's the main bad guy in the movie. And right when they get to the point where it's like, oh, sweet, they're going to have this fucking badass like, kung fu battle. And she's like, fuck it. Jumps out of the airplane. It's like, oh, that that's that's it? Like, nope, not even like one or two punches thrown. It was just like, 
she's gone. It's just, I mean, I, I know that it's coming up because they want to make three of them. So, or three but more to part ten. Of me, part of me really wanted, like, I understood why Charlize Theron did that because uh, it's like, she sees, like, what's coming because it's obviously, like, she's, like, she knows where, where she's going to die. She's like, I'm out. But part of me wanted Jason Statham to grab the baby and just jump out of the plane and just go after her. And That's, he uses the baby as like, like a he parachute. puts a little parachute on the baby. I was thinking like he's just like where does he find a baby parachute? I don't know, but I was actually honestly expecting. And tell me, don't tell me that this is too far because this seems like something the movie would do. I was honestly expecting him to go like like grab the kid. Looks like we're going for a ride. Jumps out the fucking airplane and then follows her down. Grabs her parachute. They have a struggle in midair. Yeah, like Point Break style. Like she doesn't even need a parachute. He's just gonna take her. He's gonna take and, her. And the yeah. little cradle thing that the baby was in. That's like its parachute. Is the baby is like slowly like floating down to the to the surface. Yeah. <laughs> well, realistically, he could have just been like like just gave Luke Evans his fuck the, or the kid and then jumped out after her. Grabbed the Magnum just like Point Break and started fucking coming down but i just thought that was kind of weird it's just like it built up all the way to this and then she just like jumps out and leaves and it's just like oh okay i guess we'll find out in number nine yeah, yeah i mean she's obviously gonna come back which if she does come back i hope that they give her more to do besides just sitting in a room barking orders to like to she like had the nerd she had to have the easiest like shooting schedules like okay i get one day in havana Rest of it, like, okay, I walk into the soundstage where we shoot up a couple of computers. Rest of that, I'm in my office. Fuck you. Why I don't... Not Charlene? even computers. Not even computers, because most of those computers are probably green screen. Yeah. She's like, she's like, Charlene's good at... Charlene, she's good at acting. She don't like walking, though. So it's got to be these three rooms right here within walking distance of each other. Well, the weirdest thing, too, is there was a trailer that came up before the movie where she was in it, and it was, like, the most, like, action-packed one where she's like you know throwing punches shooting people jumping over stuff jumping out really? windows all this stuff like this yeah hmm. i can't remember what it was but it's coming out like in two months or something like that look fucking badass oh, it it a, a, a oh, blonde. Atomic blonde. oh yeah 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 and it had all because it also had uh, fucking Charles the, Xavier in it the, too. the person that directed the first john wick oh is yeah. it oh okay. so you know it's good yeah <laughs> yeah so you know but i remember like that trail i was like oh that's fucking badass and then it's like oh and then she's not really throwing any punches like, or anything in this how how did they not put her in a car especially after mad max like i'm surprised they even like when you have Charlize theron in a fast and the furious movie i'm surprised they didn't call it fate of the furiosa <laughs> <laughs> well see it's like then that's kind of why like it makes sense why she's in there because you know if everybody they mostly always grab generally is kind of from some type of car movie it's like you get jason Statham, you got the transport it's like see that makes sense you get her she's from mad max but it is just kind of that thing sometimes, too, at the end of the day. It's like, sometimes, it's like, you know, maybe just a little bit more car stuff in there. Maybe that's what's missing. There's still, yeah. I think there's still more car action than anything else. They just got to make oh, yeah. more room for kung fu and shooting. It's now, I think, like, it would have been cool even if, like, if they put her in a car, put her in, like, a self-driving car as, she, as she's barking orders. Well, that <laughs> scene where the, all the fucking cars are driving. Like, that was, like, the, I think that's the second coolest scene in the in the movie just because i like, thought that's pretty cool yeah that many self-driving cars like out there yeah. it's like is this that common jesus christ it's just maybe New York it is, I guess. it's yeah it sucks that it most of it was cg but i like the way they mixed in the cg with like like obviously you can tell it's a cg shot with like regular cameras mm -hmm. but then they would switch to like gopros it looked like like they filmed them in gopros and some 
in some sections of it, and that made it look like it was real, like it was re- actually happening. I but, really, but, I just want to say, I really hope someone like they saw Fast and the Furious one back in '99 or whenever when it came out. They went into a coma. And they woke up. First, they woke up like, "Oh my god, oh my god." My wife and family, fuck that. We're going to see Fast Furious 8. Wait, what? And then just go in. Like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> you know? See all these cars crashing into each other like a gi- giant, like, that was like straight out of like a superhero movie right there. Like all those cars colliding Which, and piling over each other. Then then like uh, Vin Diesel comes out like fucking like, like crossbones from Captain America. <laughs> I, li- I like I like that scene a lot, but like what does Charlie... Theron need Vin Diesel for that because I'm pretty sure she could have easily just used one of her minions. Like she, no like, one else they has nearly, strong, no like, one else she almost to... killed those two people there in that limousine. No one else like, is strong enough to lift up that saw. But not that, not the dude from Game of yeah. Thrones, the redheaded dude from Game of Thrones. I, <laughs> here's the thing. You know what? You know what? You know what? Here, bear with me on this for a second, Spencer. I've still not seen an episode of Game of Thrones, but if I, I see some like side character that seems kind of imposing, I'm like, that guy's probably in Game of Thrones. That's probably in Game of... And sure enough, he's in fucking Game of Thrones. It's like everybody... like Game of Thrones actors are coming into... Granted, such a big cast, but it's like they're coming into everything now. So I'm just like, I saw... I heard heard an Irish accent. He had a big-ass beard. Like, I bet he's in Game of Thrones. I don't have to look him up. I don't even know his fucking name. I just guessed. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, they had that there. Well, it's one of those ones like the Vin Diesel thing. I thought that was a good twist too, because like one, I like how they don't give it away right at the beginning. Like, why is Vin Diesel turning bad? And it's like they hold off for you know till almost halfway into the movie, and then once they finally show it, I think that's a, that was a cool way. It's like not only are we gonna bring back an older character, but guess what? There's this like mysterious like love child involved here too, and Vin Diesel's gotta fucking protect his boy. Yeah, that was one of those things where it. Um... I'll say this, like, it's not that the movie, like, not that, like, the drama was so, like, oh, my God, it was so heartfelt, it was so dramatic, but I'll say that was, like, that's the most, that's me, yeah, that's, that's me. <laughs> I, it was heartfelt for me. I'll, but I will say that it's probably. I care like, about the family. I believe you do. I believe you kill about the family, but um, <laughs> I, I will say, though, um, it's probably the most, like, vulnerable I've seen Vin Diesel's character in this movie, because usually when he's, like, upset, it's just kind of, like, his eyes widen, and he's just, like. No, you know, this one, it was like, he was literally like shaking. He looked vulnerable for a second. You know, it was, it doesn't sound like a lot when I say it, but it just seems like really dramatic from anything else he's done in these movies. I I really like, like the end action sequence, spoilers for Faith and Furious, by the way. But, uh, but like when, when Vin Diesel like jumps over, jumps over the submarine as the heat sink, missile is like following following mm-hmm. him and he jumps out of the car all these flames come around him and then the like the family comes around and surrounds Vin Diesel it made me think of like uh, of the ending of Guardians of the Galaxy how Groot saved Saves everyone the in the team Groot oh. Vin Diesel everyone, his circle. family saves him it all becomes full circle I didn't so, think about that yeah well, it's like, I like that, too. It's like, they almost do the thing where, like, the car is almost the extension of, a you know, the person's personality and their characteristics. And, you know, somebody might go, that's kind of fucking dumb. It's like, well, then you probably don't like storytelling. Yeah, so, <laughs> sometimes, like the, like, the characters don't even have to say anything. It's all, like, no, the they, cars, well, like, speaking for the characters. Like, when Vin Diesel, like, jumps down, like, to save his team, like, 
how do they know he's like how he's turned or he's good again? Like, oh, because he's driving. I well, can tell how he's driving. Well, the rock's always care is always driving something that's big and bulky and gonna run something like that destroys everything in his path. He's like, I'm taking like, a shortcut. And yeah. Boom. And then like Roman, he's always drive a uh, Tyrese's character is always something just expensive some and like flashy fancy. but not practical, you know? Yeah. That or sometimes he's driving something that's kinda like almost I'm gonna say this, stereotypically black. Like he'll have like some kind of like low rider Cadillac thing. Yeah, he was driving. What was he driving? Like, not my bins or whatever it was when they're like. It wasn't in this one, but it was like I think it was in Fast and the Furious Seven. He's got that, and like, it's it's a cool car, but he, I think he does have like that older like '80s Cadillac that's all like tricked out. And then this one, there's like he's like driving a Lamborghini in the snow, where everything <laughs> everything that like uh, Ludacris is driving is always very tactical and technical too. <laughs> yeah, because he's like a nerd for some reason. Chris Morgan, the writer of like all these movies. He said he, he took Chris Bridges, Ludacris, the rapper, and said he's a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> like Ludacris, I think it's like it's just like over time that just kind of happened because it's like Ludacris started off as like oh he's just repairing cars and then all of a sudden it's like oh but guess what he knows more than that. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm gonna say that like they they something you could say because people could say about like oh this movie's cheesy or whatever. Well, I'll I'll say this regarding it's not my favorite series. I mean I like them. Um, I don't really. I, I probably, truth be told, if Marley wasn't in town, I probably wouldn't have gone on my way to see it. But every time I see him, I do enjoy him. And um, something that I got to give him credit for, none of the characters kind of blend together. They all stand out from one another. No character feels mm-hmm. like, I'll say this. They seem like kind of like, even though he still was stood out, uh, uh, Scott Eastwood was kind of like, new white guy. That's your character. Well, he was like the new Paul Walker pretty much at the end of the day. It's like, we need to replace Paul Walker, get Scott Eastwood. And I'm like, perfect. That 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 to me works because I keep going like what I want Scott Eastwood to be. I want Scott Eastwood to be the next Wolverine. That's what I want him. I think he'd be the most perfect person in a sense replace Hugh Jackman that'd when be, that time that'd comes. Be a good idea. That'd be a good idea. I don't even. Well, yeah. Sadly enough, I don't know if he's big enough yet, though. That's the but thing. He's though. supposed to replace Paul Walker, but at the end of the movie, they're like, "Oh, the kid's name is Brian." So I'm like, <laughs> "Well, they Paul they, Paul Walker still tech, is still alive in the movie." Yeah, so. but it's more like he just retired. And they're like, "He's got a fucking family. Yeah. Let him be. Let all us loners stick together." Yeah, all this movie was building up on um on um couple twists here and there, and Marley says, "There's a twist coming." And what I almost I'm glad they didn't do this, but what I almost assumed was they're gonna get Paul Walker's brother. And CG his face and surprise you and have him come at the end and have Brian help him out. I thought they were going to do something like that. I'm glad they didn't do that. But well, it's like I was kind of wondering if they're going to do that too. It's like is Paul Walker going to be the one that like Charlie Theron's got held? That's <laughs> like, what I was assuming. Or just kind of like they don't show him, but they like we got like a sniper right outside their house or something like that. You know what I mean? Something to that. Effect. Yeah, like one of those ones where it's like yeah, it's not there, but like yeah, we got him covered. They show footage from like 1999. <laughs> Well, that's what I kind of thought, too. Is like, I, I thought I was like, well, I'm like, it could be a sister. Because like, it actually did. The Helena character, like, didn't cross my mind and, until, like, it happened. It's like, oh! Because I was kind of like, oh, yeah, I kind of forgot about that character. That character was in, like, a one-and-done movie. She was, she was, like, I'm trying to think back. Okay. She's in five, and I think she might be in six. I think she was in five, and she was, like, chasing him down. And she's like... I know I'm a cop, but I love you, Vin Diesel. We will stay together. And then, like, at six, they're fucking. And he's just like, yo, you stay here and do the dishes. I got to go on a mission. Then he comes back like, yo, check it. My old shit's still alive. How about that? Not the problem. I'll go away. Bye. 
<laughs> well, that's like the one thing. Oh, always, like, even, even in this movie in Fast and Furious 8, it's one of those ones like, because at the beginning, Michelle Rodriguez is like, oh, you know what? You admit you'd be a great father. Not saying that he's like, you pregnant? It's like, like, <laughs> like, he gets this thing like, you're pregnant? Uh, yeah, I am. Fucker just gets out, gets in his fucking charger, and drives away. It's <laughs> like all these years, family is broken. I want to say this: the poster. I'm not sure what you poster your movie theater had. We had. I'm not saying this to be like. I don't mean this in a insulting way. I mean this literally. The gayest poster for it, like for this movie. There is like the. It looks like an artsy like drama. It was a picture of Vin Diesel looking down, high contrast. Like really dark lighting, just looking down, and then like, then like uh, the rock behind him, out of focus, out of focus, kind of looking over his shoulder, like he just broke up with them. It's just like, yeah, family will be broken. <laughs> like, no, I saw that poster. I was like, what the fuck? Like, who who put this together? <laughs> like that that was a bad poster. Like, well, there's like they have multiple ones, but still, well, this series. Okay, I'm what? not saying this. I'm not saying this be insulting. This series is gay as fuck. It's gay as fuck. There's so much like bro time, like fuck, dude. You know, fuck. I just I fucking hate you, but I respect the fuck out of you, dude. Yeah, me too, man. You know, but that's not a bad thing. But what I was going back thing. to originally with like uh, Michelle Rodriguez's character, it's like at the very end, like it's like Vin Diesel's all yeah, like oh by the way, I got a kid. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and she's like totally fine with it. There's not like that, which I actually like that because I'm sick and tired of movies where it's like you know somebody flips out because that's like. Cool. Just accept it. Whatever. Fuck it. This Fast and Furious. We're good. Got this kid. Obviously, you had someone else on the side while you were seeing me, but oh well. I was going rogue there in like a few movies ago, so it's okay. You could have. You could have really. Say, hey, you shot me in the shoulder, ran me off the road a couple of times. I had a kid. I'll say we're even. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I just, I like how it just gets, it's like accepted. Yeah, whatever. It, but I think it's kind of nice. Well, I think it's kind of one of those things like there's already so much going on in these movies just to add in this whole plot of like, why is it not working out? That would ultimately just weigh it down. I think that was one of those things like, I know it's an entirely different series, but I think that was one of the things that kind of weighed down the last, the, well, not the last two, I guess the, the middle two Pirates of the Caribbean movies because they had to put in this, this force in this love triangle bullshit and this whole kind of like, we're getting married, we don't get along and this and that. It's just like, no. Just fight other pirates and fight the octopus man. Just do that shit, you know? This movie... Well, that's like... They're smart enough just to go... Just to say, yeah, it happens in every other movie. Let's just make it about the action. Yeah, let's let's accept it. We got very accepting people here. It's all family. Well, it's kind of like... That's like the Legend of Zorro, like the second one of Antonio. That movie, it's like... It's kind of the downfall of that one is it has like... We have a family now, but now it's kind of on the edge. And Zorro's got to figure it out. The kid doesn't know and his I, dad's Zorro or whatever the fuck. No, the kid knows he's Zorro, but for some reason, it's like he's having problems with Catherine Zeta-Jones and things aren't going well. It's like, no, no, just put the fucking suit on and fight people because that's what we're here for. You don't cut my clothes off with a Z anymore, do you? <laughs> well, it's just one of those ones because like that, you know, The Mask of Zorro, super good movie, especially for like kind of like being an origin story one or whatever you want to say. It's because it's, like se- it's almost like a sequel to like the, you know, the, um, the original Zorro. Almost like Antonio Banderas is that Zorro, and now you get a new Zorro. But then it's like, yeah, in The Legend of Zorro, it's like, it's still a good movie. Not saying it's not good, but they throw in that, like, we're having problems. And I, I don't know what it is. That always is kind of annoying, like, sequel thing. I'm wondering how many pe- how many married couples sit in the theater just, like, vacant stares. Just like, I relate to that. <laughs> yeah. 
You don't let me go out and fight crime, do you, honey? <laughs> well, no, I don't want you to put the tights on again, because one, you don't fit into them. Well, fuck you! It's because I'm super depressed of you. Just, like, flips out in the theater. Like, oh my god, I didn't realize Zoro was going to bring him to this. <laughs> I can see that happening in Snorris Theater. <laughs> <laughs> It happened in like almost any theater, I guess, technically, if somebody was just like on the breaking point. Yeah. <laughs> and they decided, they thought that they were just going to go see some good old action, swashbuckling fun. And all of a sudden, they throw marital problems into it. Just like you see like some angry couple walking out of Cars 3. Like, oh shit, what happened in that movie? <laughs> <laughs> like this big fight. Yeah. <laughs> God, so, what about that movie pushed them over the edge? Brian and I were talking a little bit after we saw Fade the Furious, and we're, we're, I asked the question, like, what, so they've pretty much done everything. Like, they, they fought drug lords, they fought international terrorists, they fought, like, technical geniuses uh, with Charlize Theron. Where did they go from here? Like, <laughs> um, I mean, I guess you you already fought, I mean, they, got, they apparently got some kind of trilogy, new trilogy planned out, because they got Charlize Theron for two more movies. Yeah. You said that, right, Spence? Yeah, well, Scott Eastwood said this, and he said they're going to 10 is what the plan is. Okay. And they're actually already in the middle. Of, I think they're shooting the next two, like, right now. That's so crazy that they so turn are, these around so quickly. Are they, didn't the last one come out last year? No, it was two years ago. Yeah, okay. But still, two years? Yeah. Well, two years is a nice... See, that's a nice, like, block, I think, two years. You know, hopefully they're not trying to do the every year thing, because, like... No, that could sometimes be a little bit too quick. I think sometimes I think some things need a little bit more buildup. Did they? Um, did they say uh, regarding that? Um, I mean, they say realistic, 10, I'll like, see it no matter, but, did they say is it just going to be like okay, they're going to come out back to back? Or are they doing the like this? This comes doing the Empire Strikes Back thing where it ends on like a dark note, but the next one comes out next year. And they didn't mention anything of how it's going to go. He just said that they're going to ten. So I don't know if they're going to if that means that these one. Hopefully they don't do the thing where they're going to be like really interconnected between the next two. I hope that's not the case. I hope it's still kind of like a standalone picture. These movies aren't standalone. They have their own continuity. They bring well, back they have, their, they have continuity, but like <laughs> you could technically go into it and it's not like that. The story of whatever one you go into is kind of its own thing. It's not like it's super continual. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm just mean like, cause there's like literally like it was like six or seven. There's a part where like they need to get information from the villain from like, four just like remember that drug dealer from number four like no not really but all right here we are well it's like in this it's one like too, this one had a bunch of <laughs> yeah you know this one i thought was cool that one they brought luke evans back into it even though his part was short he didn't do anything well, who, but like put was, a gun to it like a pilot's head where was luke evans again who, who he was he's uh, dracula what? He was he's, he's just, yeah just, oh uh, right right yeah, yeah he's brother. he's the evil brother okay that's right because i always think of him as like well he's gaston in the new beauty and the beast but to me i he's always dracula from dracula untold mm. yeah. I guess it's, that's I, a I deep thought, cut for, like, hardcore fan. I guess because he got a little bigger since then. So it's probably like, look who's fucking back for a minute. But I was actually, I was listening to an, an interview with Chris Morgan, the writer of, uh, he he's written all of the Fast and Furious movies. But I'm like, that's quite a feat to go from, yeah. like, just, like, a standard racing movie to, like, what it is now. And he was joking, like, it was obviously a joke or it could eventually lead into this. But he said, like... Well, we haven't gone to space yet. So I'm like... That's number 13. <laughs> well, how awesome would that be if, like, Ludacris, like, builds, like, a car where it has, like, rocket like rockets on it and they're, like, chasing the bad guy. He, he jumps in, like, a spaceship and he's just like... The, the team's like, well, I guess we can't get him now. And Ludacris is just like, 
Well, I played. Ahead. <laughs> hey guys, he I played ahead. He flips the switch. Yeah. He flips the switch and just starts flying up in the air. Tyrese is like, Ty- "No, guys, I, I'm ready for this." I'm Tyrese is in the is in the dry, is in the passenger seat. He's like, "No, no." <laughs> well, I think really almost like the thing to do is because you people always go like, "Oh, well, what you know? How can they top this?" It's sometimes it's the the thing to do is almost to go backwards and go. Let's go to a more like grounded, you know, street level style again. And I think Logan that would did. be kind of. Yeah, it's like, you know, go back to make it almost a little bit more simple again. I think that might be, I mean, who knows with these next nine and ten. If if they're super interconnected, then it's going to probably stay in the same. I don't care. Anyway, every single time they deliver. You know what I mean? Like Fast and the Furious is one of those series. Like how many other series can you think of that go like up to eight that are like consecutively good every single time? Like never fail. I can't think of any like franchise that gets better as it goes along. <laughs> you know, cause I think of things like Friday the 13th, you know what I mean? Like, you know, there's in between, there's a couple like, okay, Friday the 13th movies. And then strange enough, number eight's like, Oh dude, that's the best one of them all. Yeah. Um, regarding this uh, right here, I'm kind of wondering if they're going to do that thing. I don't think they will, but I'm just thinking about in the context. I just kind of remind myself a little bit, uh, Logan. I'm wondering if they do have the one where it's just like maybe 10 more years from now, Vin Diesel's like, I'm getting old, I'm getting too old for this or whatever. So they just do the one where he's the last one and they make the R rate. Not saying Logan exactly, but they do the serious hard drama R-rated Fast and the Furious. Like, well, we've done everything else. It was a kid-friendly property. Now it's just kind of going back to just like they're they're older now, so we'll just make it rated R. Fuck it. This is the last that's all that's left to do. You never know. They could do something like that. It's kind of funny because you say it's like almost like a kid-friendly property because, like, you know, you watch the original Fast and the Furious, and that's one of those movies that almost feels like it could be rated R. A few more things. Like, these are, like, this has all the stuff to be an R-rated movie because it has, you know, there's violence and there's always, you know, ass and always, there's always, like, you know, some, you know, like, flag girl that's, like, wearing next to nothing. But um, it's kind of like, what was I going to say? It's It's... It's kind of like, you know, any kind of 80, like PG-13, 80s action, not PG-13, not 80s, but like any kind of PG-13 action movie your dad would show you when you were a kid, you know? Yeah, and I think that's definitely what it's kind of becoming out, and that's not technically not a bad thing. I think that works for these movies, but like when you watch the original Fast and the Furious, like that movie, if that movie was rated R, it would work, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you wouldn't feel like that would seem odd because it almost feels like more of an adult movie. And maybe that's just coming from like the child to be watching it. Cause obviously all the adults at the time are like, no, that's a fucking kid's car movie. Cause none of us would put neon lights on the bottom of our cars. <laughs> I remember for some reason that like somebody's dad, like he could not like comprehend the neon lights below the car. And I remember someone's like, he's like, no, dad, it's, you know, it's like, it's just cool. It's just like an aesthetic. It looks neat. He's like, well, well what does it do? It, it doesn't do anything. It doesn't make the car go faster. It doesn't do this. It's just like, it was just too much for him. Without, well, this guy's never been on the show. So I can say, it. was it Tori's dad? No, but it was Cass's dad. I guess Tori's oh, dad. Oh, I can so see Cass's dad saying that. Okay. <laughs> but it was just like, he could, the, the, the neon bar is just like, was, it was just too much. And that was like where the generation gap came into play was the neon bars. On the well, my dad the will watch like my dad's a huge car enthusiast and I did not get that part from him, but um, he's a huge car enthusiast and he'll kind of like roll his eyes at some of that shit, but he's kind of like, he doesn't really question it. He's like, Oh, whatever. They're going to do what they want with it. You know, <laughs> as long as it moves fast, that's what he likes. Yeah. But I think with like fast and furious nine, they're probably like, I was telling Ryan, like they'll probably pull the the sitcom card where like the baby and Fast and Furious eight, Fast and Furious nine, he's gonna be like thirteen years old or older than that, 
And what I hope if they if they do pull that card, they should just pull Ansel Elgort into the Fast and Furious franchise since he's in Baby Driver and since Baby Driver is like my most anticipated movie of the year. That's why mine too, definitely. Yeah. I will say that I think that now whenever I see there there's a time I'd like watch a movie. I'm like, oh he has a kid now. How about that? Now it's just like they that's a little seed they might plant for later. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. If any of these fuckers get too old, then he's gonna pick it back up. I I see that now whenever I see a movie. If there's like a younger cast member that comes in and he's just like, oh, I'm just learning the ropes from the main character now. Just like mm. Well they tried that with Indiana Jones 4. They're not but... saying it's gonna not saying it always works. <laughs> I'm not saying it always works, but that's like why that's there now i can't yeah. i can't just think that's part of the story anymore to me i see i see i see like a matrix code like all the numbers <laughs> you just see dollar symbols instead they'll going down in green yeah <laughs> and then like money symbols in other countries because that's kind of like what it is at the end of the day mm-hmm. you know it's like something you know with big properties like fast and the furious it's that kind of thing that it's, it's once again it's like the people who are like i'm not seeing it because paul walker died and it just feels like it should end there it's like Okay, well, are you going to pay the bills at fucking Universal? No, you're not. You know what I mean? It's like, somebody's got to pay them, and here's the thing. Fast and the Furious makes just as much money as it always has. Minions are going to keep forever. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Minions is last, and I, I mean, I don't, I don't like it. I ain't defending it, but, I mean, you have no idea how many times I see those fucking things on T-shirts every day. Every fucking Well, the thing, day. too, is that they're trying to lead me into Despicable Me 3 because they're like, we got Trey Parker! And it just almost feels like they're, like, literally carting to me. Like, there's a fucking minion, like, po- like in the corner pointing over, like, hey, Spencer, look! It's like, you little fucking Twinkie. You know, well, <laughs> well you know what Trey Parker is also in? 21 uh-huh. seasons of South Park. So yeah, that's, well, that. that's, I got all that to watch, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that, but I think it's just cool more for the fact that it's like, oh, dude, fucking somebody's actually taking Trey Parker's talent. You know, and not just in South Park. They're like, hey, you want to be in this big movie? That, to me, is like, I think that's like more like the respect for Trey Parker. Even if the character might be kind of dumb in the movie. Well, because here's the thing about Despicable Me. When I see the trailer, everything but the minions looks fine. It's the minions that I think ruins it for me. Because I look at the rest of the movie and like, well, that looks kind of funny. You know what I mean? I'm not going to say it's like probably an amazing movie, but it looks like it's enjoyable. But then you see the minions show up and you're like, fuck this movie. I w- fuck it up, it's stupid ass. I watched, <laughs> I watched the first one and... Um, I don't remember it that well. Wait, I'm the remember... side story one. No, the very, the very, the very, the very first movie. Oh, okay. The very, the very first Despicable, Despicable Me. Despicable Me one. Okay. I, I, I saw it, and you know, it was, it was kind of funny, I and mean, it wasn't, it didn't blow me away. I, I, I don't feel the need to go out and watch it again or anything like that. I think it's not but, Zootopia. But, no, it's not Zootopia, <laughs> but it's one of those things where it like, it's like okay, the minions in that didn't bother me as much because they weren't as re- relevant. But then they start just shoehorning those things in. To everything and everywhere I go, I fucking see those things. That's I never. Fu- they're fine when they're side characters, but when they have to like hold an entire movie, like in Minions, that's when they just get annoying. But uh, I wa- I remember I watched like thirty minutes of the of the Minions movie and I had to turn it off because I couldn't take like their little their, their little voices. Or, yeah, just their banter. It's just like. But the the funny thing is about Minions, the Minions movie is that. It has a bunch of '80s music in it, like it has like Van Halen and like. Even though it and, takes and, place in the '60s. Well, yeah, it it t- it takes place in the '60s, but it has like all this older music that I, that kids will never get. Like, I don't know, I don't know if that's, it's there for like, the parents, it, that's but for the parents that are like, yeah. in there, like, oh, Van Halen. I th- or unless you're the security guard, you're like, 
fucking Van Halen! Yeah. <laughs> the screen and like tearing it down. I'm pretty sure that guy was just totally... glorious bastards that theater. He just locked the doors, light it from that guy has a projection of his face. Like, ah, ha, 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 he's like ah. lighting. He probably he's like, did. where's that 4K player? He's like trying to light on fire. It's like, oh, that's not film. I had a conversation. What do you mean it's not film? I have a message for Universal. <laughs> I don't like the minions. <laughs> I, re- I, I actually remember that dude when I used to work at the theater and I used to work at the box office. I had conversations with that dude for like three hours, like when it on slow nights. And I, like when I was talking, I meant to say like earlier in the podcast where uh, like when I used to have conversations like for three hours, I'm like, mm-hmm. I was like, this guy's cool, but I'm really glad that there's like plexiglass in between me and him because. Is he like the guy who gets, he gets a little shaky if you make eye contact? Yeah, long? and I'm just like, uh, yeah. And you're just kind of like nodding and just like agreeing with him. It's just like, but when my shift's over, I clock out and I leave. I'm gonna run to my car. <laughs> I don't know. Like he's just, he's like he's like one of those kind of guys who would probably want to like, hey, what are you doing? I got a, I got a six pack of beer. You mind if I come by your place? Like, and then he'd be over at your place really? and he'd take a beer. And then he'd be like, like, you mind if I sleep here on the floor? It's like, so I you have a blanket. Home? Well, no, you got a blanket too, and you got to change your clothes as well. What else you got in there? Just loving that total, like, you know, like early, like late 70s, like punk rock style. We, we find out when you post this podcast on YouTube, there's like one comment, and it's the, the dude. He's like, Sup, guys? Van Halen, <laughs> Halen sucks, 69. <laughs> His avatar is just him just holding a riot stick, looking mad. Yeah. Like, I will find you. No, it's just what's up, guys. That was <laughs> well. At the end of the day, he's a real nice guy. Not saying anything against that. Just hey, he's got funny stories. He is a nice guy. He's just like he's just bizarre. He's asking me bizarre. You have a little too friendly. Yeah. You have any firecrackers? Fuck yeah, I got some firecrackers. <laughs> Maybe you were about my Chevy Nova. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll go find some police cars and throw it in their open windows. Fucking pigs! Like, oh Jesus, dude, no, I mean, I just, I didn't know if this is what you meant when you said you want to hang out. <laughs> he's like fucking chucking beer bottles as he's driving. He's still got the fucking security badge. <laughs> he's like, it's okay if we get pulled over. I just flashed my security card. It's like the Bill Hader character in uh, Superbad, where they're just like drinking like on the job and j- drinking and driving, and there's. As there's as there's still a need as, for as you're driving down Washington Street, he takes out his riot stick and he's like breaking all like the side the the, the rearview mirrors. <laughs> you have cars going by, smashing windows. Like yeah, <laughs> fucking bad brains is blaring on the radio. Yeah, he's singing along to it. <laughs> oh, punk rockers, older punk old rockers punk rockers. Size. It's just, it's just interesting because I I think it's was ones like. Punk rock has that feeling like you don't really see it as being old. You know what I mean? Like rock and roll, you can it's already has like an old feeling. You know what I mean? I don't mean that like in a bad way, but you know, you can see that old rocker guy and it's just common. And even like you can see that old eighties rocker guy and it's common. But it's just like a lot of punk people, I think it's just one of those ones that get to like age thirty and they're like, Oh, I gotta put this stuff away. I gotta get myself a suit and everything and it kinda like ends there. Even, you know what I mean? Even though it's, it's like a, oh, go ahead. I was to say it's like a yearbook picture and that's all it is now. It's closed. Well, even though it's like, um, well, 
Iggy Pop, that still doesn't seem old to me. I know it's older stuff, but it just, it's the, the way it sounds just sounds so kind of well, it's always younger. Just think that's like or, it's 60s music, you know, when it started. It's like, Whoa. or like Lou Reed. I know Lou Reed's not exactly punk punk, but it's that weird kind of, it's kind of in that same ballpark. Like Iggy Pop, David Bowie, Lou Reed, some of those guys at all. All the CB, all a lot of bands have played at CBGBs. A lot of those yeah, guys. That, and that, what they call like garage music. That, like, yeah, like late 60s. Grunge. Through, not not grunge, grunge, but like late, like, like uh, that kind of late 60s to like late 70s kind of garage music. It's, it's like, like the, you know, the pre-punk music. Runaways, a, a lot of, pro, of proto-punk type stuff, you know. Um, there's people who probably make better examples than what I just made. But anyway, like that shit right there. Like that, MC5. Yeah, MC5. That's a good example, MC5. Um that right there never really seemed like that old to me. I know it is older music by this point. So it's kind of when you see like, it, when you see like Iggy pop in like interviews or like, you know, like surviving members of MC five, you're just like, Oh shit. You know? Well, cause it's that weird thing that you go like some of those bands, like the MC five, like you listen to like, you kick out the jams and it's like, to me, it's like, well, it's like, it doesn't sound any different than like the rage against the machine version, like their version. It sounds like just as heavy. And you go, well, what else was on the radio at this same time? Well, well, I guess you had the monkeys, and you're like, well, that feels really old. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you think of some of the other, or even things like Jimi Hendrix. It's like Jimi Hendrix is amazing, but like Jimi Hendrix does feel like very '60s. It does feel very old, and I, in a sense, and I'm not saying that in a bad way, but where some of these other bands, I think it's just like it's almost kind of like Iggy Pop. Like that doesn't feel nearly as old as Jimi Hendrix, even though it technically is just as old as Jimi Hendrix. It's kind of weird to I think wanna, about. That. I want to say Lust for Life was in like a Nissan ad or something like that. I, I want to say it was a car ad. With yeah. Well, that, yeah, there was that time period where that song was playing like on, uh, that was like, I don't know, 10 years ago or something like that. Not and even it, 10 years. I want to say this like recently. Yeah. Huh? Well, I, I remember that in a couple, well, no, it wasn't a Nissan ad. It was like a travel ad for like Travelocity or something. <laughs> That's like that. right. That's what it was. Yeah. Travel ad. I'm it's like, like the Travelocity gnome as, as he's just going punk rock. It's just like, <laughs> is it, is it, is the Travelocity? Like tattoos. <laughs> is he just like fucking breaking glass on his chest? Like, punching people in the face in the first row, like <laughs> passing out, like due to taking too much heroin before getting on stage. As it goes, <laughs> Oh, we're thinking. <laughs> I'm glad they switched out the Kill Bill song for Lust for Life. Yeah, the, the Kill Bill song is one of those ones like, that's great in the movie, but like, boy, there was a period where people like, when they heard that song, wanted to like punch a baby. It like got so bad. That was one of those things. I'll say this is like a little like kind of personal for a second, but there, I bought the Kill Bill soundtrack and that was like, I didn't buy it for that song. That song's on there. And my mom like, you like that? Woohoo! Woo Jimmy thought I really liked that song. I don't like the fucking song. It's just on the th CD. Like it's like, oh, right, it's that song. Like I don't like the song. It's on the fucking CD. I like the rhythm music and the and the like all the weird like Western stuff on there. You know. <laughs> but it was just it was just like one of those things your parents do. Oh, look, Ryan, there's your. Th I, I don't <laughs> there's your theme this. song, Ryan. Like well, if it's you were like, a professional I, wrestler, that's the song you would play as you walked in. Well, it's like every like I, I work at a like my day job. I work at a bike rental shop, and like my whenever I go, whenever I'm on vacation or go somewhere with my grandparents, we go somewhere. Like, Look, Ryan, bike rentals. Like I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I didn't scream that. I didn't think I was uncovering something. Bike rentals. I don't give a fuck. I didn't think I was uncovering something in your past when I said that. <laughs> I just had to get it out. I just, I just had like a it's flashback. Okay, Ryan. It's okay, Ryan. Not like your grandparents are like, hey, Ryan, do you think you could go up and talk to the guy and get us a better deal? It's like, no, no, you don't fucking do that to those guys. <laughs> Marley's like here, let's see, like, Marley's over here like, it's not your fault. Fuck you, fuck you. It's not your Ryan's fault. Fuck you, not position. you too, Marley. 
like the the end he's of cr- like the end of fucking um, of the, um he's, you're like curled up into a ball it's just like it's not your fault the punk rocker security guard comes by and he's all like hey ryan I got a way we can take care of this. He like gives you a fucking nightstick and you go out in the middle of the night just beating bikes, like random bikes you find on the road, just like beating them to death. Like, come on, Ryan, doesn't it feel good? Doesn't it feel good? You're like, it feels good. It feels fucking awesome. And then that song plays in the background and you're just like, <laughs> you're like, like, I got your thing, Ryan. And you're like, where's that song playing? You find it and you just smacked like the, the stereo that's playing. <laughs> And then I find out there was no stereo. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> stereo it was, just, it was just, you know, and you weren't beating bull or bikes. You were beating like children in like a playground. You're like, how did it end up like this? Well, so well, this has security... become the last episode of MASH where you find out it, was a, it wasn't a chicken he strangled. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh. But yeah, The Rock. Oh, baby. He was in, he was in yeah. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> You gotta see Rock's, Rock's always amazing. It's like I don't it's care. Baywatch. No one rolls the Rock. <laughs> I, I will see Baywatch just because the Rock's in it. It's like he he sells stuff for me. It's like we, you got to put up with um little boy Zach, but I don't have problem with Zach Efron. He he's aware of it. It's like if you could embrace it. If like if he was still just kind of like, yeah, bro, I'm Zach Efron. What's up? You know, if he's a little bit more like I'm Zach. That's Efron. what he's doing now. No, but he's a little bit more self-aware of it. He's like, he's, I mean, I don't really, I haven't really seen him in a whole bunch of stuff, but what I've seen him in, he's kind of aware of like, yeah, I'm playing the meathead character. Right? Kind of like Channing Tatum. For a while, Channing Tatum's like, I'm a serious actor, bro. And then the second he made fun of himself, yeah. he giving a better actor. And then now it's like, oh shit, he did a good job in uh, Hateful Eight, and he can do like serious roles. Well, yeah, like Channing Tatum's like, he's a guy that like, if he's in a movie, I'm kind of looking forward to it because I trust him that much by now. I, it's one of those things, I, I've said this before on the show, but it was like one of those things like, I don't have, like, like Spencer, Marley, you guys both have, like, your couple of actors, your couple of directors, you're like, fuck that person. I don't really have it that much. My only one I did have was Channing Tatum. And then I saw him in, like, because uh, I was just like, this fucking, because his story was like, somebody said you're a good looking guy, you should go into movies. Like, okay. I'm like, oh, I'm in movies now, whatever. <laughs> and, and, like, and I was just like, fuck this pretty boy, fuck, whatever. And then I saw him in Jump 20, 21 Jump Street. I'm like, okay, he was okay in that. And then saw him in other things. I'm like, you know what? Fuck me. That guy's, a, he's a good actor. He's a good actor. Yeah, he fucking, he, he makes you want to see a movie. I was seeing White House he down. He's fucking Jupiter. awesome in that. I don't give a shit if he was in <laughs> Jupiter Ascending. He did. He did good in Jupiter Ascending. That movie had problems, but he did good in it. Well, yeah, I like Jupiter Ascending a lot. So, see what you started. Yeah, see, <laughs> you, you don't talk on Jupiter Ascending. That's like the best movies the Wachowski brothers came out with after like Matrix. I like Sensei. So all of all Wachowski. Yeah, like, you, you mean Wachowski siblings? <laughs> Chelsea siblings. Yeah, we're siblings nowadays, but you know yeah. they start off as brothers. Are they? They're, they're are both. They, they're they're both, both women. They're both sisters now. Yeah, they're they're Wachowski sisters. I didn't know that. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Well, okay, well that makes it easier then. Yeah. So is it? So it's instead of Larry, it's Lana, and then is the other one Andrea? Then yes, I believe Andrea and Lana. Don't okay, let me go to my phone. That's gonna take. <laughs> I will look at it. Pretty much, you know, they're obsessive ghosts in the shell, and they're just trying to turn themselves more into ghosts in the shell as life goes on. They're like, oh, this is what we need. Once we have money, we can finally become who we've always wanted to be. They get their own shells they want. Yeah. We'll become the we'll become the brother majors, which are now the sister majors. There you go. There you go. They just didn't go by the Wachowskis. They just go by the majors. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, 
you know, it's one of those ones like, yeah, like Chang Tatum. It's like, yeah, that, that guy wins me over in movies. It's like, you, you know, like White House Down, fucking awesome movie. Actually, there's one more of the P. I don't hate him, but that that director, I'm not. I like I like Star. Oh, um, you don't like um, Roland Emmerich. I'm not big on him. I'm not big on him. He's got some good movies, but it's not like it's not like a Roland Emmerich movie comes out. I'm like fuck that. But it's like is like the ground cracking, and is there a big old fucking tidal wave coming in? I don't give a shit. Alien Attack Two. Don't forget Alien Attack. Did he actually Alien Attack Two? No, it was Independence Day. Oh, Independence Day 2? That's a good movie, though. Yeah. Oh, did he direct that one? Yeah, yeah he, he did. Directed, he directed both. I didn't really care yeah. to see that one. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I'm the cynical yeah, asshole. Awesome. Awesome. No, uh, you're like, no, I Bill don't really have these movie, fuck that movie. You I'm just, just like, like I, I, list. I'm just, no, no, I'm just like, he, it's just that guy. I just not, I'm not a fan of most of his movies. I'm not big on a lot of disaster movies. And, uh... Independence Day seems more like a disaster movie than it does like let's watch aliens fight humans. I, like I know that happens. That happens. That's not his movie though. Yeah, it's true. It could. It might as well. San Andreas well. is amazing. Though. I think that's one of the best disaster movies ever made. The only thing about San Andreas, which I didn't see it, but the only thing about it, I don't feel like it's that big of a threat because it's The Rock. All The Rock would have to do, the earth starts shaking. He just has to pull off the side of the road, punch the ground, shut the fuck up. It stops. <laughs> Movie's over. Well, that's probably how it started. He just gets out of the car, punches the ground, just like, oh shit, the world. Punch it again, punch it again. <laughs> that movie that was such an awesome scene. Fate of the Furious, when he gets out of the car and like freaking moves like the torpedo. I like, oh, shit. <laughs> I know, that, that's amazing. It's like things like that just makes my day. You know what I mean? It's like, put more of that in movies. Like, there's always those people out there, they're always like, that's not realistic. It's then it's like, then what the fuck are you doing going to the movie theaters? Look out the goddamn window if you want realism. Like, in oh, movie sure. theaters, I want to be entertained. I want to see cool stuff. I want, Escapism. like, larger than life. That's why we That's why we saw movies to begin with, is to escape from, the, from real life. If we saw that, like, for that movie, it's totally fine. If we saw that suddenly, like, in Saving Private Ryan or some shit, then okay. But I don't care. If, if Vin Diesel did it in Saving Private Ryan, I don't care. Like, well, that alter- no, no. Uh, to quote, uh, um... Fuck, what's that guy's name? Uh, um, the Speaker of the House dude. Uh, alternative uh, Sean facts. Spicer? Sean Spicer? It, alternative facts. You mean Melissa McCarthy, right? Uh, that, alter- that- <laughs> 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 alternative facts. That, that's what they are, alternative facts. Okay. Or oh, just there's what was that whole thing, like, well, you know, Hitler never killed anybody with fucking, with fucking like, gas. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> well, if if you mean by his own hand, I guess that's correct. <laughs> he like yeah, he was like he didn't lift a finger, I guess for the, well, I guess he here's lifted. Google. Just have fun, have fun. Right, but I don't know. Yeah, Fast and the Furious Eight, totally awesome, very mm. fun. I enjoyed it a lot, just as much as always. It was a good movie. It was fun. It's like definitely uh, check it out in theaters because that's where you get the most bang for your buck with all the explosions and all that. Yeah. yeah, and I think if anybody's like, because there's a lot of people out there, they're just like, duh, fuck those movies. He's like, no, go see this one. It's that good. See it for The Rock. If you, meet, if, if, you, if you like The Rock, see it for The Rock, because his fight scene with Jason Statham is actually pretty... Well, it's not really a fight scene with him, but... It's a cool it, action scene. It's a cool action scene, yeah. It's a tumble scene. It's a rough and tumble scene. Yeah. Um, Plus, I like that song, too. 
Well, that's like, well, I noticed these movies, they kind of, <laughs> they slowly kind of, because I remember the originals, the first couple, they had a lot of like, maybe a little bit of orchestral stuff, but most of it was just kind of like techno and hip hop. And, and the first one had metal in it too. Like that's the, something you forget too. A little bit of metal. And then this one though, by this point, it's becoming so big that it's just like, okay, here's a uh, two or three, you know, kind of like techno or dance songs and then it's mostly like when the submarine comes out it's like a latin choir you know and then like when like you know they're fighting on the plane and all that shit so they kind of i noticed it's almost kind of getting bigger because they're almost doing more of like big movie orchestral shit going on yeah, yeah no, they, that they, would they have been awesome if like during like when they're on the plane with jason statham and the baby they just we we heard the album the chipmunks song throughout that entire fight sequence that seems like an Edgar Wright thing. That honestly seems like something Edgar Wright would do, like have some weird song as a badass action scene play out yeah. and have it fit oddly. You know, I'll, I'll say this. I was actually telling this to Marley. It led to kind of a slight uh-huh. debate. But um, that whole scene when they introduced The Rock in this movie and he's like, you're my best people. I'm Because Marley saw the movie before me. I leaned over to him. He's me talking to a bunch of kids, is he? And then it turns out he's talking to a bunch of like people, a bunch of kids on the soccer team. And they do that like... Some, some the Hawaiian, so, the Hawaiian war dance yeah. scaring the kids they all like these war faces on and that's like that whole scene it was funny and I'm not I'm not mad that it was there but I'm gonna say that seems like something that would have been crowbarred into like a Transformers movie yeah I, I will say it it's, it's that weird thing that it almost on paper it sounds like it's out of place but The Rock just has just enough charisma to make it work. You know what I mean? It does seem kind of weird in a Fast and Furious movie. And once again, if it's like if you look, because I just I really just watched the Fast and Furious the original one over again. Even though I've seen that one a lot, it's kind of like you watch that one. It's amazing, kind of. Even though like a lot of the same elements are there, it is that kind of thing of like how far it's also gone to. And I don't think that's like a bad thing. But you know, it, it is a real serious movie in that very first one. And also, kind of thing in the context of like. This shares the same world with the Rock. What the Rock's? What's the Rock doing right now in this in the or in this '90s point? You know what I mean? And also, it's also kind of one of those things where, um, shit. What was I gonna say regarding that? It's like, uh, uh fuck. Well, it's I like, like he's such a he's such a. Sorry, I'm running out. Yeah. He's such a state. He seems like such a staple character. It seems weird, kind of going back. Like, oh right, he wasn't always in it. Yeah, he didn't come in until number five. Yeah, I like. Uh, that scene, like when he's like coaching on the sidelines, and then like the dude, the dude from the government comes in, shows him like the next mission, like what he has to do, and he's just like, and he's just like, now listen, if you're not gonna support the fucking red dragons, <laughs> then yeah. you can just. <laughs> I love my country, but I love my daughter more. Yeah, and and he's like, uh, he's uh, when they were like saying like, oh, a bunch of. Um, uh, girls and their moms are watching watching the soccer game, and they're like, "I think a lot more moms are there." As it pans over, and it's just like the moms just like waving, making like, eyes at him. Yeah, there's more. Because well, those ones like when you explain it, it sounds more slapstick than I guess it actually comes across. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they they do it good enough that like you are so close to being in like bad territory, like a Transformers movie. Because Transformers, that's the thing is like, especially in the first two ones. Like they couldn't figure out that balance of how to like tell a serious story with and and slapstick. It got like intermixed too much. You know the comedy didn't work. Where I think as time went on, they finally got that a little bit more dialed in in those Transformers movies. Where in th- this movie's one of those ones like it, that could come across as corny and slapsticky, but it works. Well, especially since this movie's very not in a uh, 
parody kind of way, but it's very self-aware of what it is. And it's kind of like, if you don't like it by this point, if you didn't like the last couple, you're not going to like this one. If you, there's a possibility well, you, you can like the first one and not like all these, but I think that if you don't like it by number four, you're not going to like any of these. What are you even doing here? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like, <laughs> if you didn't like it by four, then you probably aren't going to like the rest of them. Yeah, it's like, if you don't like these movies by by eight and you're seeing eight, like, what, what the fuck are you even doing here? Yeah. <laughs> well, it is that kind of one, like, because almost like the first three kind of go together. Like, those ones are kind of, like, pretty much balanced. And you could even say the first one might be a little bit separate from everything else. But then it seems like from four on up and four is almost like the in-between. It's like it's like literally the bridge to everything else, because five, six, seven and eight, like all have like the exact same like feel to Mm -hmm. them. You know, they're the big over the top action movies. They're pretty much like the Expendables because Expendables came out the same time. I think five did. And from that point on, it's almost like they kind of like have that same feel. Which that's where it's like whenever I see a Fast and Furious, I'm always like, man, I would love to see fucking Expendables four right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, well, I will say it seems like the younger, fast, the younger. Are Expendables. we getting Expendables four or a reboot? It's supposed to be in the works, and I don't know. I, I, hope heard, not, uh, I really hope it's not a reboot. I mean, I don't care if it's one of those ones. If they got to the point where they're like, okay, Stallone's just commander in chief in this operation, and so he's not really doing. Maybe he has a couple like shootouts. Like, I mean, it's okay because the guy's you know pushing seventy. So I mean, if he's or he's probably past seventy. Arnold's sixty-eight. Seventy. So I think he's seventy-one. Stallone is like seventy. Yeah, because he's older than Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but um, so it's like those ones. If he's not like throwing punches left and right, I'm I'm okay with that. Just have Stallone be the guy who's in charge. You know what I mean? Have him and Kelsey Grammer fucking fly around in a helicopter with Harrison Ford all day long, while you have maybe like you know like the middle aged guys like you know Jason Statham, you know, and Terry Crews and all those guys leading the charge. Like I'm cool with that. If that's the case. Well, I heard bring Jelly back. Damn it! <laughs> I heard a rumor that Expendables might actually go like the Ghostbusters route. Like when they reboot it They're and have like a about female that. female cast with Sigourney Weaver leading leading them, and I'm like, if Sigourney Weaver's in it, I think I'm down. I'll be there day one. I heard that. It wouldn't surprise <laughs> me though. It wouldn't surprise me in the least bit if that got scrapped because of all the negative things that came out of Ghostbusters. Maybe it's still happening. It's been like, else. Well, there was a lot of negative stuff around Ghostbusters, but like when Ghostbusters came out and people actually saw it, it actually like all that negative hate kind of went away. I like, heard people saw it. Like I saw it and I was like, this isn't the worst thing ever. That's like, what I heard. I well, heard, yeah, I knew, I heard I knew it would never say, be the worst thing ever. There's no way it would be the worst thing ever. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's not, you know, AIDS or the Holocaust. So it's yeah. like, <laughs> like people talk about it like that. It's like, it's like, it's like, yeah. it's like I, well, that's the thing. You said like it came out and people like, it's not the worst thing ever. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. So it's Go like, ahead. I haven't heard anything about like, I didn't see the movie. I hear there's a, a teaser at the end for a sequel, but I haven't heard anything about them making the second but, one. Plus, so I it's think... like I, I wouldn't surprise me the least bit if they just decided. I mean, because you know the movie just it had a very lukewarm response from what I heard. I heard no one, no one I knew walked away saying it was amazing. I either heard it was okay or nah, I didn't I like it. That was mainly on the script side. It wasn't really on who was in it. Well, I'm sure they did a good job because all those ladies are talented. I just it was it was literally just like. Nothing about it jumped out at me. Literally. Well, I think that's how it is. Everybody I've heard it said, they're like, oh, it's not bad. It's just not, no, it's not a classic. Like everybody says, like, yeah, it's fun. It's, you know, worth seeing if you want to see it. But if you didn't see it, it's not like you're missing out. And I think with me for Ghostbusters, this sounds kind of weird, but like even the original Ghostbusters, like I like that movie. But that movie to me was not like legendary how it is like some people. Like some people like Ghostbusters was like up there with like Star Wars and Indiana Jones. And to me, 
it's one of those ones like, don't wrong, I love Ghostbusters. It's a real good movie, but it's it's never been that one like, oh my god, the Ghostbusters coming out like on special edition Blu-ray. I gotta get it. You know, it's not Predator, you know, to me, or Jurassic Park or something like that. Right. But I still enjoy it. Yeah, it's one of those ones. At the end of the day, it's like I like Ghostbusters, but like, in, you know, if they had the original cast in it, it was called Ghostbusters Three. I think I would have been there. But when it was kind of like a reboot, it's kind of like to me, it's like, eh, you know, it's Ghostbusters for a different generation. That's like. Not saying it's not good, but I'm just saying it's just one of those ones that just doesn't jump out at me. Well, even that, like, I, we said this before the movie was even out, but um, my thing is, like, I have no problem with it being an all-lady cast. Yeah, that I doesn't bother me at all. My thing is just kind of like, why? Just make it the next generation. Just make it like, okay, this is a daughters. new team. This is a new team set up, you know, or whatever. Like, in... The whole, but it, I guess the fact that they're trying to push your face, it's all ladies, it's progressive. I guess that maybe probably didn't help it so much. And I'm not sure if that's what the movie does. It kind of seemed like maybe it was doing that, but it's not even. No, it's the, actually, it actually doesn't do that. Well, that's like, good. It, it's, it, it does actually say, like, oh, this is a new team. Well, no, but I mean, it, it does, has, it, does it, it has cameos from. But from, is it, is it, do they acknowledge events from the previous movies? That's the thing. Yes, they do. Because the, there's, so this there's is cameos a from, from Ackroyd and like, um, um, who's the okay, the cameos, but are they actually saying like, we were Ghostbusters once? Did they do that yeah. whole thing? Yeah. Mm-hmm. They actually do that. So, yeah. so it technically is three? Well, no. No. Okay, <laughs> so okay, then it's not fucking Ghostbusters 3. I don't know what they did, but if they're not saying, well, we were Ghostbusters once, and you ladies are just taking the role, that's totally fine with me. That's yeah. totally yeah. fine. I just, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I got to see the movie before I can really judge it. It just wasn't jumping out at me. Yeah, well, that's just one of those. It's kind of like, and I think of that Expendables one where they, I remember they had a title for it, like Expendables yeah. or whatever. And it was just like. That's dumb. Yeah, that, to me, it's just like, okay, like, I don't have, like, once again, like, an all woman Expendables team. Like, that's cool, but tie it in with the other one. Like, oh, here's this other team, you know, and, and then have the thing where it's like, okay, you know, we have Stallone's team and we have Schwarzenegger's team. Well, guess what? Here's Sigourney Weaver's team. Like, that's the way you should do it if you're going to do it that way. Everybody kind of wants to do, like, a universe thing now, but it's so few movies have actually got up. The only two that have kind of like achieved the whole universe thing so far is Marvel. DC is doing it, just trudging through it, but they're doing yeah. it. And then everybody else, it's like they'll get a movie in. And then I guess, I guess King Kong, I guess King Kong Godzilla. That's like. Yeah, that, that's the closest one because they got two in. So they've gone much far. Because a lot of people, they go one movie and then they just, they give up. It's kind of like the Dracula Untold one. It's like. They're like, oh, because like, who is that supposed to run? Is that supposed to be in the same universe as the Tom Cruise mummy movie? Hasbro's, or is it like, well, Hasbro's supposedly trying to do a cinematic universe too? Which I'm going to say don't, but they're going to try it. I'm sure. They, no, it's like, like GI Joe. I, they they, they kind of keep the universal ones kept on rehashing because they were going to. They, they had two Frankenstein's, both went nowhere. The Wolfman, Dracula, then Wolfman, and the, none of those are all connected. But they're like, they're like, okay, this is the one's going to kick it off. No, this is the one's going to kick it off. And now I guess Mummy's the one like, this is the one. Try number five. Wait, those are connected? They're supposed the to be. Originally, well, they're, they're trying that to do... Shitty Tom Cruise movie. Oh, sorry, do... Spencer. Sorry. I know that Tom movie Cruise. looks pretty cool. Dude, Tom, when, <laughs> when, okay, I'll say this, Marley. When was the last time Tom Cruise led you astray in a movie? Uh, exactly. Well, <laughs> has, like, best track record. <laughs> What's that? My cock. <laughs> That's the Tom cock. <laughs> Literally, I kid you not. Like the, like well, the yeah, last fifteen right. years, has Tom Cruise led you astray? Well, 
One thing, one good thing, I, I do kind of hate him as like a person just because he's just kind of annoying. But the thing about, like, I remember saying this, I forget where I said this, but like Tom, Tom Cruise is like really like the last kind of movie star that we have where he can put the pit. Like, you can what put, yeah, say, what about Brad Pitt's a rock poster? You can put Tom Cruise on a movie poster and people will go see it. There was a period where that was dangerously starting, like, no, 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 fucking Tom Cruise. Now he's kind of come back around. I'm going to say the ones we got is probably The Pit, The Rock, The Cruise, and The Bale. The, Hank, the, the Hanks still does it. The Hanks. The Hanks. We got The Hanks. <laughs> like we always refer to them by like, uh, singular names. Uh, Tom Hanks is kind of more like, in like the, the movies I see him now are all independent and kind of smaller. In, well, I mean, you well, know. I will say that Tom like, Hanks isn't as powerful as he once was because he has movies that kind of come out. The Denzel. The Denzel. Yeah, Denzel, you could you could put Denzel's face on something. He Fuck yeah, Denzel, you can't you sell a movie. What about could, Sam Jackson? Sam Jackson, I, I, yeah, I don't but know. He's never the star like in movies. It seems that's kind of rare he's, anymore. Well, he's the no. star, but he's like the he's like the killer. So he's like the best part of the movie, yeah. but he's the supporting guy. But he's yeah. always like the best part. Yeah, but yeah, because like that's almost like was he in Civil War? Like Nick Fury's like I'm on vacation. Fuck this shit. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> You think he would have been there for that? <laughs> yeah, that seems like a big like. If there's any moment that he would have been there, motherfucker, the you figure this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> they should have like. It's almost like once once in the next Avengers, he should come back, be like from like a vacation, and go like. And he didn't realize that there was all this fight feuding and stuff going on. <laughs> why, why are we guys fighting? <laughs> just, have him, just flat out, just I'm playing full out Jules Winfield because he's he's like I leave for one fucking week and this is what happens. I, I really just I'm really hoping they're saving his one motherfucker for like the last like this is the last one. Let's just fucking do it, you know. And the Disney ones never say fuck. That's just like a X Men thing now. They actually they've said well, it in the Netflix shows. Now that's not. Well, the, no, 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 no. Yeah, but th those don't count. Like I mean, like the movies. Cinematic universe. So they they've they said fuck in the same air they breathe with Guardians of the Galaxy. But yeah, but that, that that's still yeah. like even though they're connected, it still feels different. I mean, like none. You know, we haven't seen one where like Tony Stark says it or like Captain America they says said pussy it once. But that's about that's about as bad as it got probably. They should just have Captain America say it because that's the one you don't expect it to come from. I'm actually gonna backtrack a little bit, like when I said that, like if you put Tom Cruise on a movie poster, then people will go see it. Well, he was in Edge of Tomorrow, and no one really saw that. But that movie's a great movie. It got a lot uh, of good reviews. Yeah, it got a good, a lot of good reviews, but like Edge of Tomorrow, no one really saw. Yeah, it didn't really. Well, help that's that what I mean, though. It's like I don't care if nobody saw it. Here's the thing, though. It's like, does he leave leave you astray? That was a good movie. Oh like, yeah. When was, Mm -hmm. the, the only movie, the last okay. movie I can think of that, like, and it's not really his fault whatsoever, that, like, maybe was, like, slightly, and it's not bad, like, the movie itself's not bad, it's just one element's bad about it, and that one element ruins it, is War of the Worlds. That's, like, the only one, like, I can think of in, like, the last 20 years that's, like, sort of leads me astray, but I'm gonna blame that more on Steven Spielberg than, it's not Tom Cruise's fault that... It's White Goku's fault. Yeah, Steven yeah, it's Spielberg. White Goku's fault and his sister. Steven Spielberg likes to insert kids into his movies a lot because they're like, well, I, he, a lot of times he does it really well. And then all of a sudden he pulls like the, you know, I almost just hate, I hate the hateful children genre. That's what I came to the conclusion. It's like <laughs> whenever there's like, you know, children and stuff and they're like so ungrateful. I hate those ungrateful kids like that to me. I don't want to watch a movie where a kid's like, I don't like it here. You're a fucking horrible dad. And like the dad's trying like as hard as can be like those kind of movies are more like, 
That's like one of the, this is the second week in a row where the world has come up. I don't know why that keeps coming up, but it's just one of those. That's like my goat. Like whenever I think of like bad children and Same movies, like Universal movies, monster. Movies. That is like literally like the boom. You know, that is the pinnacle movie of like, hey, you want bad children? There's probably worse children movies out there than that, but that movie right there just reminds me of like, hey, bad kids in movies. That one right there. Yeah. Well, I think that um, I was gonna say uh. So they're gonna yeah, but as far as going back to where how we got on that in the first place, um, Tom, like well, like universe movie movies, stars. You, well, mm-hmm. u- universe movies. Like I think that now they're trying to hope the Mummy is the next one to kind of like start off this Universal monster movie franchise. So it's like I don't know. I mean, Spider Man Two was Amazing Spider Man Two was trying to do that, but they tried to speed track it too quickly, and that's why now it's back to Disney. So, which is kind of a bummer because I Amazing Spider Man Three, I bet you would have been so fucking awesome. They would have had that so dialed in, but just because it, of- I thought Sony is still making their own Spider Man. There, so the way that works is Sony gets paid. They're throwing down money for it. So yeah, so here's what's happening. Sony Sony's is lending the rights out to Marvel, but Marvel gets to make it. So. It's like, okay, Sony's throwing down some money, and Marvel, it's a joint operation between the two. Okay, so it's just like Marvel just saying, you guys suck. Well, it's, it's Marvel It's Marvel movie. coming in saying, look, we got to take, you guys are scrambling to keep it, to figure out what you want to do with it. We know we want to do with it. Because they were, they were reaching, because they were talking about, well, guess what we're going to do? I mean, Sinister Six movie, I'd like to see that. But they're talking about, like, we're also going to do a Black Cat movie. We're going to do a solo movie about the Green Goblin. It's just like, you don't have to. You don't have to do that. You don't have to because they, they want to do a whole Spider-Verse. It's kind of kind of a bummer because I actually kind of liked Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker. He was well, a good... I, I, he's my favorite Spider-Man. Yeah. I would have honestly... I mean, Tom Holland, I, he did a good job. But I, I, in all honesty, I don't blame him for wanting to start scratch. I don't blame him. But if they did want to continue... Andrew Garfield, like, yeah, that did happen in the other. This, that, that, those those first two is, are part of the continuity. We just brought, we just, the Avengers weren't there for it. I think that would have been fine because I thought Andrew Garfield did a great job. Yeah, I think he's amazing. And mm-hmm. I like the way he went. And as I said, like, I like Amazing Spider Man 1 and 2. And I think that three would have been the one where it's like, oh, dude, they would have had that so dialed in. That could have been like the best Spider Man movie ever. And, you know, the new one looks good, don't get me wrong. Like, when I see it, it looks pretty good, but it does look kind of like two steps back from where, like, it could have been going. Because it's kind of looks way? like, oh, you know, just because it looks like it's like a you know Another Spider-Man, one villain. Oh, it's... No. no, he has three villains in that movie. Does he have three in the new one? Yeah, Shocker, but played by Bookeem Woodbine, the Tinkerer, and Vulture. Oh, okay. I thought it was just in the trailer. It just kind of makes that look like it's just like you him see and the Vulture. Shocker just for a second. I've I, oh, they okay. shown they shown set photos of Bookeem Woodbine as Shocker, and you can tell who it is. It looks a little bit more of like um, Lotz Tech. But still looks, you know, cool. And what's interesting about it, because I didn't realize this. Um, I overheard this. I don't know if it's true. But basically, um, there was a comic book series called Damage Control, which was about uh, yeah. people who came in and cleaned up after whenever there was a big superhero battle. Well, there, this is playing out to be, well, these guys, Shocker, the Tinkerer, and Vulture, were all members of that. But then Tony Stark kind of came in and says, after the whole all events of Civil War, he's like, guess what? you guys aren't like uh qualified my people are so it puts them out of work so it gives them a chip on their shoulder so now they're using all their gear they're using to help people and like you know move construction shit and actually go against tony stark and peter parker and that's like oh, that's actually an interesting way to go about it 
Okay, well, that sounds way better. Because, as I said, the trailer looked cool, but, like, it just felt like it was more just, like, a simple, almost kind of like how Doctor Strange was, where it's just like, eh, we're just going to make it simple and easy. You know, it's going to be fun, don't get, don't get me wrong, but, you know, I, I guess, because I, I just, I look at that trailer, and then I, in my mind, I look at the trailer of Amazing Spider-Man 3. And I think that's kind of, like, how I was looking at it. It's like, God, Amazing Spider-Man 3 would have been so badass. You would have had all six villains going after fucking Spider-Man. Would have been this big, huge epic of a movie. And then this one, at first, I was just thinking, like, oh, okay, cool. So Spider-Man's fighting Batman. Whatever. That's cool. You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. I like, I like the idea of Michael Keaton being in the movie. So it's like, you know, but it's like, now that you say that, that actually sounds way cooler. Yeah. They kind of have Michael Keaton in, like, Spider-Man Homecoming. It kind of, like, it's like this weird universe that you're in. Just that, like, that Birdman exists. And Bird it's, Man like, going Batman against, and... like, it's going against, like, this whole superhero genre. And he's like, uh, I'm in Spider-Man Homecoming. I don't even think Birdman's <laughs> going against the superhero genre. I think it's almost more of like, maybe slightly, I guess it's more than anything about like, um, the way I took Birdman was. Well, it's, it's, it's basically Michael Keaton saying that like, yeah, he was in a superhero movie and he doesn't want to do it anymore. And how it's like, uh, clearly he still wants to do it. And no. how that he's like shadowing over, uh, like, a, like character character was playing, yeah. a character he's playing, which well, he's I think that helps. Well, at the same time, I don't think it was that. I think it was more one of those things like, because you get something big like Batman. You get something big like that, mm -hmm. and you assume from there on in, like, you're fucking huge. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And he kind of disappeared for a little while. He was still in stuff, mm -hmm. but he disappeared, and then he kind of came back slowly, kind of came back, like, bigger role, bigger role, bigger role. Now he's big again, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of one of those things, oh, yeah, shit, he was Batman once, wasn't mm -hmm. he? And I feel like that Birdman was almost kind of go about more of the struggle with that and kind of like um, the way I took Birdman was ultimately like you can make, you know, to, to get to make true, true, true art, you almost going to have to sacrifice yourself for it. Kind of the same thing Black Swan did, ironically, uh -huh. about birds, but, you know, because he blew his nose off in front of a crowd and maybe killed himself at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. So it's like, that's the way I almost take it about. Like, you know, mm -hmm. if you want true art, you got to make a sacrifice. Huh. Went off the rails there, got a little too deep, but yeah, yeah. I'm going to get to my deal. No, I got what you mean there, though, because that's kind of how exactly how Black Swan is. So you explained to me with Black Swan. It all started to make sense. <laughs> mm -hmm. Did you ever see Birdman? Nope, never did. Oh, good movie. Check it out. Mm -hmm. It's actually a comedy. It doesn't sound like it, but it's a comedy. Yeah, I know. I remember when that one came out. I was like, oh, I should check that out. Now that I think about it, it really is literally, it's literally the guy, dark comedy version of Black Swan. Only he might be dead, he might be alive at the end. I'm not entirely sure. It's kind of, you know, kind of... Ambiguous. Yeah, well, that, that kind of style of ending. Huh. Yeah, no, I'll have to check that one well, out. Well, it's one so. of those things, like, he, you find out he actually... Throughout the movie, he has these powers. I remember why I thought that before. He had these powers, and then um, he actually... You don't know if it's he's going crazy or not, but he has mind control powers. And then he jumps out a window, and then, like, you see someone else looking up and seeing, oh, shit, he's flying... So it's like, oh shit! You commit yourself enough, you can do achieve whatever. But you know, who knows? Huh? Not fly out huh. a window, obviously, but you, the, you know, like uh, metaphors, man. Mm -hmm. America's when that movie came out. It looked kind of like, oh, is that a Harvey Birdman movie? It's like, oh no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's good. It's good. You like it? It's by the same guy who did Revenant. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that'd be fine. <clears throat>
Well, yeah, it's probably a good place to wrap all this up at. Yeah. All kinds of fun movie things to talk about and all that good stuff. But till then, make sure to check out oldmanorange.com for more podcasts, cartoons, music, and more. I'm Spencer Scott Holmes. I'm Ryan Dunnigan. And I'm Marley Silverbrand. And we'll see you some other time. Later, folks. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Old Man Orange Podcast. Check out our website at oldmanorange.com for even more podcasts, cartoons, videos, music, and more. Send us an email at oldmanorangepodcast at yahoo.com. Be sure to subscribe, share, rate, and review us on iTunes, Podomatic, or any of the other fine sites we might be located on. And if you want to help out even more, click on the Amazon or GameStop links on our webpage before you make any purchases there. Won't cost you a penny, but it sends us a little something our way. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week to Old Man Orange.